0: Today on The topic Show, Bud Light hires comedian Shane Gillis to try to boost their sales. We'll see if it actually works. James O'Keefe undercover exposes the White House admitting they can't get rid of Kamala Harris. And Biden's dementia is worsening. DeSantis calls for Elon Omar to be expelled after she says her main priority is Somalia. Vivek tweet on firing Ron McDonald, the head of the RNC, goes viral. General Motors to make hybrids after Mary Barrow went all-in on EVs. Baltimore Orioles MLB team sold for $1.7 billion dollars. And Peloton stock crashed about 23% last week after their holiday sales came in. It was pretty rough. All of that and much, more on The Topping Show. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Today's episode of Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. Heck, I see their final release twice a day, got say he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, you see, that's the joke. If you're an IT leader or a business owner, reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Also trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of February, so click that button, I'd greatly appreciate it. Now going over to the business part of the podcast, you have general motors hybrids again after the EV's sales crumbled. Will Mary Barra be fired or ever held accountable? Well, no, probably not. Now, this, as Mary Barra has been the CEO of General Motors for about 10 years, which over her tenure, the stock has dropped around 10% overall, which again, is the antithesis of pretty much the whole automotive community. They've all done much better, even the traditional automotive companies, such as Ford Motor Company. They've been doing much, much better, both in pretty much every regard. Now, Mary Barra's idea was to make General Motors all EV. The goal for her is to be all of EV for Cadillac by 2030, and all EV for every one of the brands that they owned, which includes Chevrolet, GMC, as well as Cadillac, as well as Buick, all EV by 2035, despite what the consumer wants. Now, that being said, they've been pushing harder towards that goal, investing billions of dollars in infrastructure, engineering capabilities, and they have had some volume of success. They're still losing money on it. They're projected to perhaps make a profit on EVs in 20 in this year, 2024. But this is... Coming in as consumers, they're all starting to shift away. So, the early adopters for EVs, I would argue that those customers are gone. They already had their EVs. They were the adopters. They bought their Teslas. A couple of them got some Porsche Taycans. And a couple of them went with the other options like Kia. They're doing good in that regard. But GM, they did have the Bolt, which is ironically named because it did burst into flames multiple times. But, I mean... GM went all in on EVs. The only hybrid they make now, which... I, I try not to throw up when I say this, is your Chevrolet Corvette. Which, not only should that only be an ICE engine with a V8, it should also have a stick shift. So, to me, the Corvette has become the ugly ch- stepchild, or whatever pejorative term you like to use. It's not my Corvette, as I would say, since every good Corvette, I would argue, has three pedals, manual transmission. The engine going to the back was controversial enough, but I partially digress. If you look at what the consumers are asking for these days, the biggest growing category in of industry is hybrids, aka plug-in hybrid technologies, where you have an internal combustion engine as well as a battery. Personally, not a fan because, again, once the battery goes dead, that's thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars, in addition to the ICE engine. So... When you go, when I look for the best ROI, I still tell people if they want something that lasts last a million miles, get a Toyota, get a Honda with an ICE engine, and do little changes, take care of it. However... Consumers are shifting, they more and more want hybrids. That's why Toyota is investing, believe about $8 billion into hybrid technologies. And you see Ford Motor Company decreasing their battery capability in terms of their reduced their battery manufacturing capacity by 40% this year for EVs. Now they're investing more in hybrids as well. Now GM, not only do they only make two cars a stick shift, which breaks my heart in you know, itself. While they are great vehicles, they used to sell a lot more. Now they do only have the Cadillac CT4 CT5 and the black wings are quite remarkable feats of engineering. But again, General Motors, they have no hybrids. So it looks like the last hybrid they did away with was in 2019, which was a Chevrolet Volt, which in terms of, was it Robert Wagner? The previous CEO, that, even though it was an immediate hit, I still think that was a good direction for General Motors. And again, even though it's not my preference as a consumable vehicle, just because, again, it did showcase the technologies at the time and got them in the direction of the shifting in consumer preferences. So, and the GM and the Volt long term was pretty popular. And that was an instance where it had an ICE engine, but more moderately revolutionary in terms of mass production and being a company that is slightly, slightly different. The g- gas engine was only used to charge the batteries, whereas most traditional hybrids. They have the systems of the drive-train set up where that it actually just switches back and forth. Now, it'll be interesting to see, let me see, when it comes to Mary Barra, she still claims it won't be full EV by 2035, even in the spite of consumer preference shifting and them losing money. Now, she says, quote, To be clear, GM remains committed to eliminating tailpipe emissions from our our light-duty vehicles by 2035, but in the interim, deploying plug-in technologies in strategic segments will deliver some of the environment or environmental benefits of EVs as the nation continues to build the charging infrastructure, unquote. Yeah. Although that was from a quarterly... Oh, is that quarterly airing call in 2020? Yeah. I'm talking about Q4 sales in 2000. So... And it's nice. It's kind of funny. She's, it looks like she's having a little caveat. They say light-duty vehicles, so perhaps they'll continue to make trucks with diesel engines and gas engines because they want to make a profit. Spoiler alert, that's where... I'm a huge chunk of profits come from the automotive community SUVs, trucks, crossovers, all those. Very little money in small entry-level vehicles, which is why so many of them have stopped production of them. It'll be interesting to see, do you think this is going to be in the right direction as they try to, yet again, play catch-up with the industry? And, again, should Mary Barra be held accountable, or is this because of the board directors? I mean, they keep making calls that are not beneficial for the industry, the consumers, they helped the employees out or the union out by giving them the biggest contract in history. But again, that also increased the price of the car for everyone who's buying a General luxury vehicle. So it'll be interesting to see will these hybrids help them regain their realm of being one of the top automobile companies in the world? Which, again, they still are. They actually, although they failed so bad during the pandemic, Toyota beat them for North American sales for, I believe it's the first time ever, actually. So it'll be interesting to see what used to be one of the largest automobile companies on the planet and dominated sales. Debatably as good as the Patriots did in the Sports Balls League back in the day, will they ever really achieve that type of economic dominance in the industry. It'll be interesting to see, but as I always say, time shall tell. Other interesting business use, you have the Baltimore Orioles team sold for $1.7 billion. And according to the internet, that is a sports balls team in the MLB, or the Major League Baseball. I'm corrected. I don't know how many people know that is really a team. I think most people think of sports balls with MLB. You got the Yankees, the Cubs. They'll be good next year. Okay, <laughs> that's a joke. They won't. um' uh, the Yankees, the Cubs, the White Sox, the Black Sox, Texas Rangers, obviously. that's. I'm sure there's more teams than that, but in terms of marketing, those are the teams that are successful enough or good enough at marketing for me to actually know that they have logos and are teams. Now, the Baltimore Oreos, this game was actually thanks to Emma Thorne over at LinkedIn. They noted that Private equity billionaire David Rubenstein has signed an agreement to buy the Baltimore Orioles for more than $1.7 billion. Let's see here. Ruben is a, a, Balton, a Baltimore native, would be the control person for the buyer group that includes legendary Orioles short, shortstop Cal Ripken Jr. The group would own about 40% of the club and buy out the rest after the death of the current majority owner, Peter Anglos. Anglos, who is 94, bought the team... In 1997 for $173 million. So talk about a phenomenal return on investment, which sports ball teams traditionally have become a better and better investment. It is astonishing what type of ROI you get, not just on the sale of the team, but all the things that Americans and people will buy when they're at the game, you got the merchandise, the food. It's a whole industry in and of itself. It's quite fascinating how successful they are, how profitable they are. Now, they also note the Orioles have not reached the World Series since 10 years before that. Geez Louise, no wonder I haven't heard of him. If you're a fan, let me know in the comments. That Statistically speaking, I don't, think that ha- I don't think that would happen in terms of a comment showing up, but I'd be fascinated to see if it actually does. Now, they also know that the Orioles own about three quarters of the Mid-Atlantic Sports Network, which holds the local broadcasting rights to their games, and those of the Washington-, Washington Nationals. Who the hell are they? Is that the Washington Redskins rebranded? Let me see here. Who are the Washington... Nationals. They're an American base. Oh no, okay, it is different. They're the American professional baseball team based in Washington D.C. The Washington Nationals. Huh? All right. Interestingly enough, so they own. That's. It's not clear how they impact the sale. ruberson had been negotiating with the Anglos family for about three years, off and on. Let's see here. So it'll be interesting to see how many people continue to tune in. Although yeah, I've, and again, I, I know geogra- geography plays a huge role in the worship of sports balls teams. Have you ever watched a game with the Orioles, or would you ever cheer for them? It'd be interesting to see if this inspires more sports balls teams to be sold. Recently, had Mark Cuban selling a majority share of the Dallas Mavericks, which he previously owned, although he's still in a leadership position at the company or sports balls team. So it'll be interesting to see if these have like a domino effect or ripple effect traditionally we don't see a lot of these teams selling it's a very granted the supply of them is very much limited compared to the other business categories so it'll be interesting to see you know how much of that is actually increasing in sales but as i always say time shall tell now going over to the culture Brother podcast you have james o'keefe undercover exposes the white house with an apparent leaker on their cybersecurity security team the irony is countable, to say the least, or hilarious, to say the least. So, this was first, I saw this first on James O'Keefe's ex-Twitter profile, it went viral as you might say last week, and he said, quote, Breaking video, top White House cyber official tells O'Keefe in disguise, they can't, quote, they can't publicly, they can't say it publicly, the White House wants to replace Kamal Harris and confirms President Joe Biden has mental decline, Biden's definitely slowing, quote, Biden's definitely slowing down. He continued to say, so, in terms of the background of who was foolish enough to talk to James O'Keefe, in terms of I want to say this, I, I can't help but wonder if this is almost on purpose on the White House, because this cybersecurity analyst has to either I I can't find how mentally vacuous he is or how foolish he would have to be, one did not recognize James O'Keefe because again he is a he all he did and again James O'Keefe is a brilliant investigative reporter. This time he just put on glasses like Clark Kent in Superman. He, he just put on glasses, like he, he didn't do, go really deep undercover with a huge bombastic, you know, outrageous disguise. And yet, this person who works in cybersecurity didn't recognize one of the most popular reporters in the world. And he also freely answered some of the most obviously obvious questions out there about his job, his employer, and his employer's environment. But, which is ridiculous to say the least I, I almost debate if this is on purpose because it's so ridiculous so it's about 13 and a half minutes long so we'll just play the first minute or two but again this is it's astonishing how inept this person is and granted to his credit he's not inebriated by drinking a Bud Light that perhaps would be that makes sense if you have that poor taste and judgment but nevertheless he does look to like to be enjoying a glass of wine
1: I work for the So you're, you're pretty high up in the government. Yeah, I'm fairly high up. I'm good at keeping secrets. Yes. And so I manage two federal agencies, the State Department and USAID. So when you say sec- it's like security, like you're protecting the networks of the federal agencies. Pro- you give all your information yeah. to The mission to is to protect yes. information. We, sir, we, we are like the-
0: His job is to protect information for the most important buildings and important government entities on the planet. And yet he's out having a drink with what he thinks, I don't know if he thinks it's a random stranger or, or again, I I can't fathom him being that, that dumb, but again, I will keep playing.
1: President's voice when we go into meetings in terms of discussing and, and promoting the president's priorities. Is he going to be the, the nominee? Yes. And she will be the vice president nominee. Yeah, there was a debate about removing her from the ticket, but sadly they did She can't keep black staff. They quit on her in mass.
0: So if you can't hear that, the White House cybersecurity gentleman, he said... Let me see here, really quick, rewind it. Sadly they
1: didn't.
0: She can't... Keep- she can't so he's saying she can't keep black staff. They quit on her in mass. Which, that's a debate in and of itself, since her family's, I believe, from India and Jamaica. they that's a huge story in and of itself for a lot of folks.
1: What's that? They quit on her in mid. But with Hill, yeah, I know. I know. He's I know. got I know. dementia. Uh, yeah, well, he's definitely slowing down. But, but they he, know that he
0: has those issues. I
1: think so. But they're not willing the to say. It. it. And They're not and willing to say correct. it publicly. And same thing well, with Kamala not? Harris; is she's not popular, but you can't remove.
0: Yeah, she was so unsuccessful. She dropped out of the primary, I believe, what was it, all those years ago when she was attempting to run for president? She couldn't even win in California, which, again, of all the places to win, she had a political career in California. The
1: first black lady to be vice president from the goddamn presidential ticket. Like, what kind of message are you going to send to, like, African-American voters? How would you spin that? People would be like, what the fuck? Like she's a woman and she's multiracial. I think I think that they're really
0: concerned. And again, she wasn't when Biden came out with this criteria of who he's going to pick for the VP. He didn't say I'm going to pick the absolute best candidate. Someone who has the most acumen. Someone who has the best track record. He chose based on race and gender, which is illegal to choose someone for a job given that criteria. You're literally discriminating against whole swaths of candidates maybe were better qualified but don't just happen to have a certain melanin in their skin or a certain they're born in certain parts so yeah that's a, another point of contention for a lot of folks is what has Kamala Harris done how, how are they gonna spin this and again that's the detriment of identity politics I mean again it's by the thousandth time I would say pick the best man for the job take every resume man woman whatever race religion pick all the resumes whoever's the best qualifications but again perhaps I'm just an old soul in that regard
1: but they won't say. It. Now, I guess if they say it publicly, Correct. Biden they it publicly. is is uh no, they can't say it publicly. No, no, they've got it. They've got to they got to do it line. privately. But they won't say publicly. Correct. Say it publicly. Is, is uh no, they can't say it publicly. No, no, they've got, it, they've got They got to do it line.
0: privately. It's almost as if a whole swath of Americans never read that old story about the emperor not having clothes, which I think could be said on not just supply apply to this situation, but many sides of political aisle as well.
1: I mean, I'm just, I'm just telling just, you what I've heard. Like, you're, just, yep. you're just telling me the truth. Does it make sense? No, but that, I mean, that's what I've heard. I'm, I've had a meeting with Michelle okay. Obama at one point when I was an intern, and someone asked her, will you ever run her office? And she said no, emphatically. Oh, really? I've seen all the shit my husband has had to go through, and that does not interest me. People would be like, well, I don't think we should have to get the vaccine. i like... Like you're not gonna get the vaccine, and then you're gonna go expose my family, exactly. To the hospital. Exactly. Exactly. You're unlike vaccinated COVID. Like, so you work in cybersecurity for the White House, and my my question is, what are you doing <laughs> on a meeting with James O'Keefe? What type of cybersecurity operation do you guys run over there? <laughs> We're running a good cybersecurity, obviously not.
0: And they go through it for another about 13 and a half minutes. And again, not only is this a terrible, not only is this, you know, I guess we shouldn't be too astonished from a political perspective that they are having these types of issues that many people have been talking about for years. But talk about an epic fail in terms of cybersecurity, just all security. Like he, this person works at the White House. They have pretty much unlimited resources at their disposal. He couldn't take a pic like they couldn't run a background check on the person he's going to meet they couldn't check I don't know they didn't check the email the picture of the guy I can't help but think this person either doesn't care that they're going to be exposed in this regard or they're just stupid or maybe it's on purpose I-, I can't fathom it but of course this is going viral last week it got over 20.4 million views and 105,000 likes which is quite a few to say at least and a good reminder to click that like button on this particular video, because I would greatly appreciate it. Now, going to the comments section, Well the first one comes from Zeno, he says, quote, the disguise is stellar, this guy was clueless. And it's a picture of James O'Keefe just with another picture of himself, but with glasses on. That got 9.7 thousand likes, and yes, 110% accurate. He he literally, he didn't change his hair, he didn't grow like, an extra long beard or anything. And unfortunately, in terms of fashion, I don't even think he suited up as... All men should, obviously. Though I think he was wearing... What is it? the Not the blazer. The vest. So I'll give him a little credit in that regard. But yeah, it was literally it's as ridiculous as Superman where all James O'Keefe did was put on some different glasses. And yet this person didn't realize that. Now James O'Keefe responded to that saying, quote, the manner matters more than your disguise. Unquote, getting 4.5 thousand likes. Roger Stone said, quote, this guy is so dumb he didn't recognize James O'Keefe who is not so heavily disguised, but simply wearing glasses? I got ten thousand likes. Daniel Keith did respond with a glasses-wearing emoji. Got seven point seven thousand likes for that. Patrick Bet David says wild, getting six thousand likes. Let's see here, shipwrecked crew says, "quote I have very, I have very good cause to believe that the comments attributed to Michelle Obama are 100% true, based on my own solid source from that, on that subject." She has no interest in returning to life they lived from 2009 to 2016, unquote. And they got 1,000 likes. Though, I mean, in terms of capability, in terms of the odds, I think she is overwhelmingly popular. So I still, might, I still wouldn't hold it out of the realm of possibility. I think, again, anything can happen, especially in politics. Paul Zazupas, I quote, there you have it, Biden is out and Kamala is in. No one should be surprised. God help us, they got 934 likes. Scrolling down here. Luke Zeliski, who is the what is he? He is very much a leftist politically speaking, though I do follow him just because I want to gain as many precise perspectives as possible, and he's always commenting on the things they would cover. So a little contrarian statement. He brews to the surface and he says, quote, Well, wow, someone had an opinion about politics, and if you already ignorantly believe that there's a secret unified cabal of officials in complete unison running the government. In a plot against you, this person quote breaking ranks will only confirm quote they're all they're all in on it together unquote. LOL, getting 110 likes. Already, let me analyze that. If you are already ignorantly believe that there's a secret when he says a secret cabal, I mean, again, I think people left and right side of the political aisle and in the middle, I think a lot of people the consensus around Joseph Biden's is dementia, mental intellect decreasing over time. I don't think that's a very controversial issue. Even you know, people on CNN and traditionally very left-leaning news outlets are covering that topic. So it does beg the question: Who's really calling the shots if he has decreased his capability to choose and execute executive orders, or has he, or even just declined in that ability? So I, I think that's a fair question to ask: You know, who else might be influencing those decisions? That is partially why you build out your cabinet. And you have people around you, just like a CEO who reports to a board of directors. So it will be interesting to see, uh, or know, who has the most influence on him and his decisions these days. I don't, I don't think that's a controversial question to ask, really. But nevertheless, going back to the comments section, Let's see here. Do one or two more here. Colin Rug simply said, "Freeze!" And it's a South Park GIF of the police captain dressed up as a woman, and it's uh, busting a. German trying to hire a woman of the night that got 753 likes scrolling down do a couple more here Damian Elimani says quote oh my god getting 1.6 thousand likes liberal Democrat media TM says quote here we go hundred percent and it's a gif of Biden or a picture of Biden and the text on the picture says quote things could be worse reelect me and I'll prove it unquote and that got 3.6 thousand likes here scrolling down a lot of memes and gifs of biden let's see here this perhaps is the most entertaining one or one of the most entertaining ones liberal Cat media tm says quote so i guess i have a new plan and it's a picture of biden with orange skin and yellowish hair and it says quote realizing his campaign is dying biden tries a new strategy quote. It got 2.3 thousand likes let's see here Xehanos is quote another dollar added to the I told you so jar for conservatives every alt-right conspiracy theory has proven to be true add these to the list conspiracy theories are really just predictions I can't wait to see how the White House plans to spin this unquote getting 2.4 thousand likes Libcrat TM has a picture of Kamala and the text is a quote for her and she says today is today yesterday was yesterday Tomorrow will be tomorrow, so live today. So the future, today will be, as the past today. Unquote. Words, not inspirational, but they they are technically words. It, it sounds like a really rudimentary rap song, a rap lyric. I won't dare attempt to put that into a song yet, but that did get seven point one thousand likes. So again it's fascinating to see the culture shift as more and more people are starting to critique the administration but again let's see here we'll do one more chief nerd says quote this guy is a fortress of information security unquote getting 1.1 thousand likes yeah <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see if they ever how they ever they maybe put some new policies saying don't talk to random reporters or don't take random lunches with people you don't know and again, this guy works in security. I can't emphasize this enough. It It's almost unfathomable how foolish or mentally vacuous he is, which makes me it makes me wonder, was it on purpose? Like let me know in the comments, I'd be fascinated to hear what your thoughts are on this scenario. But it is interesting to see the continued shift and more and more people starting to critique the administration from a cultural perspective. But I would say what'll happen in the next upcoming election, time shall tell. Other interesting cultural news, you have Bud Light hiring comedian Shane Gillis for a partnership. This is Bud Light desperately tries to get their old fans and old customers back and they have not been successful. They spent millions upon hundreds of millions of dollars on new partnerships, new marketing materials. And yet when you look at all the comments on social media, look at the sales figures, the data, they have not really recovered at all. Their sales for Bud Light are usually still down about 30% week over a week compared to the same fiscal period prior to all the controversy with where they hired Dylan Mulvaney for $185,000 for a couple pictures and a video to be a brand ambassador. And, geez louise, that certainly did backfire. We shall always remember Alyssa Hireshaw, brilliant marketing leader behind that decision. Although she is, oddly enough, not on LinkedIn anymore. Perhaps she's same shame from her business ineptitudes. But... Nevertheless, They've been trying to dig themselves out of the hole that they've created and saying how could they maybe win back their fans. So they've been doing things like you know paying the UFC $100 million to be the official beer of the UFC. And now they've done what I thought would be the highly improbable, some would say the impossible. They heard Shane Gillis, who is a very famous stand-up comedian. He's on Joe Rogan all the time. And many people consider him middle or right. And he's famously, in one of my favorite examples of don't be too disappointed if you get fired in life, because it could be the best thing that ever happens to you. He actually tried out on, to be on SNL. He got a job offer from Saturday Night Live. Then they discovered he made a pejorative joke, I believe, around around the Asian community, and they fired him. He didn't even have like a first full day on SNL, and yet now he's infinitely more popular and I would argue like more talented than any of those mentally vacuous people who still work at SNL. I think there's twelve, no, like five people left, and three people watch it. Maybe four. Maybe four. Five if there's a TV left on in the middle of the night, if you want to go by those numbers. But nevertheless, they have not been funny in decades. Now, Shane Gillis, on the opposite, he's hilarious, and he makes fun of everyone equally, and which is what I think comedy should always be. Now, interestingly enough, with Shane Gillis, I almost think they really didn't have to in terms of when the Bud Light controversy hit, Joe Rogan and the guys on his popular show, I believe, uh, Saving, Saving the Parks, is one of the most popular repeating episodes where they have a couple of their favorite buddies on. You got Ari Shafir, you got Shane Gillis, Mark Norman, Joe Rogan. And I think one more may elude me, but nevertheless, that's the main gang. And they just hang out and shoot the shit, so to say. And no matter what happened, they always have Bud Light on the table. And as far as I know, they've never paid Joe Rogan for that, which of all the things they should have sponsored of all the money, like that is a lot of free marketing right there. To have Joe Rogan drinking a Bud Light and still drinking it post Mulvaney controversy, it's hard to quantify how much of an impact that probably had on saving some of their sales and keeping them somewhat in the social cultural spotlight in a positive way where every other celebrity, especially in the middle and right, they were making fun of Bud Light. They're I mean, there's a lot of material to work with, don't get me wrong. But it was it's become a joke. And to this day, if I see if you see someone at a bar, they're ordering a Bud Light. I mean, not only do you think they have no taste buds or just rudimentary tastes or, you know, but you also kind of wonder, are they trying to start a political conversation or is this a signal, so to say? As Bud Light inserted themselves into the politics and tried to sell beer to children by hiring someone whose average audience was about 15 years old, which maybe we would say would also be me- not just morally, mentally vacuous, but morally vacuous as well. Now, Shane Gillis, he's stuck by Bud Light, even though they never paid him a dime or a penny. For that matter so he's always drinking the beer on the show he's drinking it when he's doing stand-up and brands with him all the time so it'll be interesting to see if this changes how much this matters but he was already advertising that for them for free basically they were not paying him but he's still stuck by that brand which now that I think about it he's him and Joe Rogan are probably the only famous people I know who stuck by that brand and continue to drink it I mean the a lot of the other celebrities are more than middle of the right you had Kid Rock famously shoot cases of Bud Light with a full auto MP5, which, geez Louise, if you want a full auto transferable MP5, those are going for like $60,000. Partially because they had to be manufactured and registered before the law of 1986 passed. Of course, they didn't pass in 1984. That'd be too prolific or too accurate to dystopian novels. But nevertheless, Shane Kalos came out with this photo last week on the, as you, I believe they called the Instagram, which, disablingly enough, has nothing to do with graham crackers if you're a sweet tooth. But. It, it is a fascinating platform, nevertheless. Now, in one of the first pictures is his uh, Shane Gillis wearing a Bud Light hat, giving it a thumbs up, and he's filling up, at well, least to be a glass with Bud Light from a giant Stein, Stein what do you call it, a giant, brewer, giant beer brewing device? Not the kennel. Nevertheless, the giant beer holding apparatus, and it even says in bold print, which, again, partially for SEC or is it SEC? No, SEC. I've got the regulatory body that has to cover advertising. I believe this is the Federal Communications. That might be it. You have to have a disclaimer. That's why this show is sponsored by Top Technologies. I, I click that button. I say, hey, we're sponsored by that. That's how this show could afford to be made. Now, Shane Gillis says right on top paid partnership with Bud Light. And he says, quote, excited to announce my partnership with Bud Light. Hashtag Bud Light Partner. That is gonna be astonishing. Now going to the comments, a couple of the first feedback. One comes from Mike He says, quote, Bud Light trying hard not to be gay. Unquote. They got 19,615 likes. Which also goes to show you the sheer sample size of let me see here. Shane Gillis. Going to his profile, he has 1.2 million followers, which is quite a few to say the least. Now Seth LMFAO says, quote, he's brewing them at night, getting 20,069 likes. Perhaps he is also making cheese grilled cheese sandwiches, allegedly, at night. Inside joke, if you follow G- Shane Gillis. Young cracknick says, quote, shout out to Bud Light for working with the disabled, unquote, getting 11,323 likes. Family, or no, Fam Guy Rolden says, effing shane gillis is trans i'm quote, 11,199 likes jackman gown says quote kind of gay shane i saw this post and said wow kind of gay oh uh, was shane gillis bar none has the best trump impression jamie Foxx probably close second and that was the vernacular of that i can kind of tell he's trying to go for shane's trump impression which this might hurt your earballs. So, you know, spoilers or not spoiler, but a caution. But I will attempt to do the Trump, the Trump impression with Shane Gillis' text to go, quote, kind of gay, Sheen. I saw this post and thought, wow, kind of gay, unquote. I'm sorry, but the attempt simply had to be made. And hopefully, you at least cracked a modicum of a smile. Now, Mark Norman actually chimed in and he just said, Really? Oh, that's clever. Okay, so he literally just said Dylan Mulshaney, Unquote. They got seven thousand one hundred fifty six likes. Bob Rob Bigland says, "Quote: I'm not gay no more. I'm, I'm delivered." What? Unquote. They got seven hundred twenty six likes. Cindy Shin says, "Quote: Sending hate from Australia." Unquote. Okay, one hundred sixty six likes. You really got to do something specific to piss off those Australians. Let's see here. Motto Memes says, quote, paying people that we like doesn't cover up their sins. Unquote, gaining 797 likes. Nate, Nate Levine says, quote, good for Bud Light sponsoring another trans person, very progressive. Unquote, gaining 300, sorry, 4,374 likes. Lucas Extreme Arms, or Extreme Arms, says, quote, you're definitely cooler than the than a Transformer. Unquote, 609 likes. Papa DD says quote Shane gonna single-handedly make Bud Light not gay again unquote getting 3146 likes so it'll be interesting to see then can kind of going this is a hilarious someone's prediction but he was actually but, Shane was actually on the podcast with Joe Rogan a while back saying you know I wish they'd sponsor me and Joe Rogan interestingly enough someone who does podcasting and is not in the industry he had the idea not crazy outlandish or original idea but to have Bud Light sponsored by Shane Gillis so, seriously enough, that gal who worked in marketing at Bud Light for her whole career destroyed the company. Again, by 30% loss in their sales for Bud Light alone. Billions of dollars lost. Hey, terrible. The business, biggest business blunder of the year, bar none in 2023. Probably 2024, i will carry over. Her idea destroyed the company. Joe Rogan may even save the company. We'll see what the sales figures go like after this endorsement. But this is a fun little clip. Really? Yeah. yeah. Let's see. Well, wait. It's hard to do the short. This is the first time I got called gay at a bar, dude. Really? Every time I there. drink. It's how yeah. we talk, dude. Yeah. It's not gonna, it's not gonna truly determine. Right. I were to Bud Light
1: and someone's like, What are you gay? I'm like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. no. I'll suck your dick, dude.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna Stand fucking blow you right now, you fucking bitch. Do you think Bud Light's gonna bounce back? I think so. Dude. I think they will with your help. I think the story is I think Bud Light needs to just send me fucking fifty thousand dollars. Just hire Chuck Norris. <laughs> just give him a case. Give me
1: twenty bucks. <laughs> hire Chuck Norris. I sell a thousand Bud Lights every weekend. It's the first time I got called gay at a bar, dude.
0: So pretty good. It'll be interesting to see. Because again, they tried brand endorsements before. They're working with the UFC. They have not, interestingly enough, said anything against Sean Strickland, who's one of the most popular UFC champs, who's said a lot of controversial things that prior would have had Bud Light. And that company sweating bolts so to say but he said a lot of things that many some people would interpret as anti-trans or quote-unquote not being an ally and bud light interestingly enough has not put out a disclaimer or a statement saying we don't agree with him we're just sponsoring the ufc which again in terms of pr and marketing that is extremely rare, extremely rare usually if anyone says anything controversial they say hey we're supporting the brand not the person's actual you know we're sponsoring ufc not the individual, individual fighters you know words like Normally, there'd be a huge PR team going and putting out what they might perceive as fires for that. They haven't done that. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, what is it actually? What actually happens with Bud Light? I mean, culturally speaking, their sales are still bad. Social media, they're still usually ratioed beyond our belief. But maybe the sales will go up a little bit. Or maybe they'll just stay 30% low forever and they'll be the quote unquote new norm. It'll be interesting to see. But as I always say, time shall tell. Now, going over to the political part of the podcast, you have Ron DeSantis calls Elon Omar to be expelled after she leads Somalia over the U.S., and Ron DeSantis goes viral, as youth might say. Now, this is from Ron DeSantis' personal ex-Twitter account, and, I mean, I wrote these, again, it was last week, but the statistics, they got um, over a million, no, 3.1 million views and 71,000 likes within 24 hours. And again, in terms of Ron DeSantis' This is one of the most, I'd say, politically aggressive statements he's made in his career. I mean, usually he's more akin to something like Jed, maybe a little more aggressive than Jeb Bush and his turtles. And again, where was this on the campaign field? That's, that's what I was wondering. Now, this is in response to, let's see here. This came from Mariana, Mariana Medvin over on X Twitter. And she says before this video, Ilhan Omar, an American congressman, tells Somalians that she is Somalian first and Muslim second. And oh, no. America wasn't even mentioned. Oh, and she says her primary job in Congress is to protect Somali inv- interest. So I wonder if this is, is transcribed or I see the text on the video, so I'm not sure if it's in English or another language. So we'll, we'll play it and see if we can understand it.
1: No,
0: not. So she is saying, let me rewind it, I'll read it to you. I'll save your ear balls. She says, we are Somalians. We love each other. There are areas of friction that will lead us to kill each other. But in reality, we are an organized society. Brothers and sisters. I don't know if that's a reference to her brother that she married. But back to her quote. She says, brothers and sisters. People of the same blood. People who who know they are Somalians first. Muslims, second, who protect one another to each other's aid and to the aid of other Muslims, too. A couple days ago, we heard some people call themselves Somalis and or claim to be Somalis have signed an MOU with Ethiopia to open up the seas. Er, er, I don't even know what that means. Oh, yeah, we have an agreement. Uncomfortable laughter. I'm sorry. My grass on Somali is. is what? Is what? Is atrocious. What? I'm pathetic. At, I mean, that's just pathetic as all hell. Her main priority is Somalia, and she can't speak the language. And she's from. What? Again, I don't say my my main priority is Cuba, and I know how to speak Spanish fluently. I mean, I know a little bit because my family was from there. But I'm also not saying it's Cuba first, because well, no one would. But yeah, talk about bizarre. All right, so uncomfortable laughter. She says, many Somalians have personally called me to encourage me to speak to the U.S. government to thwart the Mao? MOU see. and help Somalia. They wanted to know what the U.S. government could do for Somalia and to assure Mao never turns to a full dictatorship. My answer to Somalians was that the U.S. government will only do what Somalians in the U.S. tell them to do. Uh, they will do what they want and nothing else they will follow our orders and that will be how we will safeguard our interest in the in does it say that interest of oh, Somalia we Somalians must have confidence that the US that we call the US we live in the US pay taxes in the US and have real voice the US is a country where one of your daughters myself is a congressman oh, speaking too fast Congressman to represent your interest as long as I am in Congress, Somalia will never be in danger its waters. Hashtag Indian Ocean will not be stolen by Ethiopia. Or others. Probably sounds a lot better their voice. No, I, 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 I can't pronounce it. Oh, that's more confusing. The U.S. will not dare support anyone against Somalia to steal our land or oceans. Let's see here. Sleep in comfort, knowing I'm here to protect the interests of Somalia. For from inside the U.S. system. Yeah. The woman you sent to Congress is working day and night to protect your interest. She knows your plight and that of, Somali- and of Somalia. I'm gonna so- stop that quote really quick. There's something weird about someone referring themselves in the third person. I don't know. Maybe worse than the speech. To me, it always seemed weird. I'm concerned about. I am as concerned about Somalia as you are. Together, we will protect the interests of Somalia. President Hassan Sheikh, uh, the current president of Somalia, has done a remarkable job in looking after Somalia. Mr. President, you have done an extra job, and we are happy about it. And she says, hashtags fighting Ethiopia. Oh, fighting Ethiopia and Somaliland? You spoke to Somalians dispersed across the world that you are there to look after Somalia. However, weak Somalia is, or as a failed state, we Somalians are resilient people who fight against all odds. People who love their country, Somalia. We are the people who will never allow someone else to steal our land. Kind of ironic they changed the flag of Minnesota to be Somalia, but no less. Therefore... I congratulate Somali-Americans and other Somalians across the globe to sh- for showing remarkable level of unity against Ethiopia and Somalia, uh, Somalian land. Let's see here. Somalia is for Somalians only. As over 45% of the Somalian population are not even ethnic Somalis. What? Unquote that for a second. That, I, I mean, in Minnesota, there's an exponentially increasing number of Somalians, but they, so they changed the flag, and partially, a lot of people are saying that's the symbol that they conquered the state. But so why is it okay in that instance, but not this instance? But I guess perhaps I'm using too much intellect for her. All right, we'll go back to her speech. Almost done, I promise. It's rough. Uh, let's see here. King Bone. Somalia is one nation, all brothers and sisters. Unquote. Oh, I was going to say, or husbands in her case. Unquote. Our, can- our land cannot be divided. Ethiopia and Kenya have stolen and continue to occupy the Somali region state, which belongs to Somalia. Let's see, we will liberate the occupied territory stolen from, i.e., Somalia, Dabuji, Somaliland, and Northern Eastern Province in Kenya, that belong to Greater Somalia. What remains of Somalia cannot be further divided. Thank you for inviting me. Goodbye. That was extremely long and painful speech. But it was a speech, nevertheless. And, yeah, it is fascinating to see the importance she puts on that other country. And I can't but think I know where the comments are going to go. But I guess perhaps I'll just throw in my three cents first. Or... I mean, it used to be two cents, but it got to be, you know, 40 year hyperinflation, got to be three cents. should be, although it is still free to click the subscribe button. Now, Somalia. One of the things that a lot of people are bringing up is with Somalia, what interest does the U.S. government have and U.S. people have with that country, that region? And how could it be beneficial? And It'll be interesting to see, do we get involved in another conflict, or does the U.S. send resources there? It'll be interesting to see in that regard, but that historically speaking, I believe we have in the region and the area specifically as well. I don't know if the American populace has appetite for another war. Again, we're, the U.S. is fighting multi-proxy wars. I mean, you have the whole Russia-Ukraine conflict where we're sending over, uh, we've sent over 100 $95 billion, It not just cash, but also weapons and aid to the, to fight that particular front. You also have the cartels in Mexico moving forward and wreaking all havoc in that regard. The U.S. is always perpetually in conflict, and it'll be interesting to see the resource allocation, what type of support, and again, she does have a point in terms of the U.S. populace and their input does have, have a, I believe, a role in where Congress chooses. Granted, they usually ignore us, but I think it does is a contributing factor. I can't help but think most economists will say why would we, why should we get involved in this particular instance? What is the U.S. interest in this country? Some people are making the debate. Some people are trying to, um, I think, I believe it's a false equival, equivalence in regards to people are saying, well, we're helping Israel. Why, you know, what is our instance there? And I mean, when you look at my background, most of my background is business. And it's one of those things where, especially Israel, there's a long term business relationships. They're almost. Advanced cybersecurity um, or places on the planet, they research, develop, manufacture the some of the best software suites and services in cybersecurity. Particularly, you also have the defense industry with Elbit Systems being headquartered there. They have U.S. headquarters in Fort Worth, Texas. Most famously known for making the uh, helmet for the F thirty-five Lightning II, which gives you a full immersive technology, which is revolutionary at the time and still is. So, I mean, in that regard, there's much more. And then you have the cultural mixture as well and the long time allyship between the nations and strategically Israel being in place. So I think when you look at kind of the business justification and the moral justification or why why is the US helping in that instance and not others? I understand that a little bit more. Now, I'll be interested to see with Somalia, I I mean, historically, if you look at their exports, I don't think they're not necessarily a, a trading ally, so to say, if you look. Oh, geez Louise. Unless the laptop freezes what one more time really let's see the most recent exports from Somalia which is 2020 or the figures are 2021 sheeps and goats were 201 million dollars gold was 94.4 billion dollars bovine was 34 million dollars seedly oils 34.8 million dollars insect resins at 23.9 million dollars let me see here. What does it mean export smelly? I'm curious. Okay, it is livestock bananas, mostly sent to other Arabian countries in the area. So again, it'll, it'll be interesting to see, but that's that's why I'm going <laughs> to, excuse me, <coughs> that's why I would guess there's not going to be a lot of U.S. support for that particular conflict to get involved with. But maybe I'm wrong with that assessment. Maybe, maybe I'm out of left court, as the sports boss might say. Let's go in the comments and find out see here mm-hmm. Paul Dezups said quote agreed, to expel neutralize and deport here's a shorter clip of Ilan priorit- prioritizing Somalia over the US and he says the shocking video she's saying that she's making the US government take orders from Somalia and she says quote the US government will only do what Somalians in the US tell them to do and again that's we just transcribed that um, New York a minute ago and they got 715 likes Dustin Grage says, "Quote as a Minnesotan, I approve this message." Unquote. They got 1.5 thousand likes. See, so right angle news network says, "Quote every single American hating." Oh, Jesus, please. Let me uh, rephrase that, or let me make it so it's not awkwardly phrased. They said, "Quote every single American hating politician that is currently running our country into the ground needs to be expelled in the U.S. and start far away. We're done playing games with people who want to bring down America and rebuild it in in." Rebuild it into their inverted version. I'm 525 likes. Proud elephant says quote couldn't agree more. Governor getting 456 likes. Let's see here. Cultist LS says quote if you won 2024, I have confidence that you have found a way to force the squad out of office. There's a picture of Ron DeSantis at a podium saying "miss me yet" in the font at the bottom. That got 226 likes. Banana Republican says quote 100%. Why does this Somalian get to sit in one of the highest offices of the land? And use her power to siphon off resources for her own selfish interest, unquote. That got four hundred and ninety-one likes. Well, I guess I mean her perspective is I mean, she's importing a lot of her own people into Minnesota. That's what the now the Minnesota citizen populace is wanting. But again, that's also not in Minnesota, it's across the globe. Let's see here. Ironhead says, quote, thank you, Martin Santos, I support this message, getting 210 likes. Leftism says, quote, this is the way. I'd love to see in a, uh, another politician call for the same thing. This is America, not Somalia. If she wants to do, put Somali interests first, she can go back to Somalia and do it there. Unquote. I got 854 likes. Unfiltered Boss says, this is the way, unquote, and 212 likes. 8th Century wood chipper says, quote, I'm sorry I even jokingly heard you, quote, meatball, unquote. I got 488 likes. Let's see here. PAX 2? Says, quote, we should do this to Israeli civilians in America. Unquote, getting 905 likes. Though, my three cents, obviously, we shouldn't, but let's see here. Landon Best says, quote, I understand free speech is a foreign concept to you, Ron. You didn't need to make it yeah. obvious. quoting 509 likes, which again, Ron says this, he says nothing about, it's not about free speech, it's about the resource allocation of the United States to other countries. Which, again, that's a debate to be had. That's what we do all the time. Well, Supposedly, unfortunately, I kind of think the government has less and less I was going to say intellectual conversations, let's be honest it's mostly fighting matches I can't help but think but I can't help but think there's less and less debate and they just pass these omnibus packages to support all of their little causes and they don't actually debate ideals or you know have the best solutions brew to the surface as Francis just roasted their glasses maybe they did back in the day Do one or two more comments here Let's see Tie's Tough Talk says, quote, Support Trump and make it happen. Otherwise, you're wasting everyone's time like you did last year, unquote. Actions, not words, Ron. Game 90 likes. Let's see here. So still... Well, let's see. We'll do one more here. Milkenya says, quote, If your allegiance is to Somalia first, be a servant of the people in Somalia, Ilan. This is very... This is very as clear as day in my book will help you pack unquote that got 700 and, or no 107 likes so again it'll be interesting to see she's been a very polarizing political figure for years and i mean again given her popularity in minnesota i doubt she'll ever actually be recalled or i actually actually you know even lose a, in an upcoming election but it'll be interesting to see i mean will there be a debate on which resources we send to which countries i mean Will there ever come a time, because again, anecdotally speaking, the past you know, 12, 24 months, we've been sending out a lot of resources, not so much fixing you know stuff in America. But it'll be interesting to see, does this impact the election? She's a member of the squad. She's a very prominent, very well-known Democrat. She is, as youth might say, viral. She's on the social media, very similar to AOC. So it'll be interesting to see, I mean, does that message from her resonate with most Americans, or does it actually help or detract from the big, you know, 800 pound gorilla in the room, or the big elephant or donkey in the room, in the upcoming 2024 election. We shall see, but as I always say, time shall tell. Other interesting political news you have Yvette tweets fire Ron McDonnell, the head of the RNC, going viral. Now, this as she has accomplished not much. She's perhaps as successful as Kamala Harris in terms of her political successes and acumen. Ron McDonald is supposed to, supposedly is the head of the Republican National Committee, supposedly helping Republicans win, which is something they historically don't do so much. And yet, after every failure in the midterms, the election, she still has a job. Which, perhaps, is a great metaphor for the government in many respects. Keep failing, keep your job. Performance, be damned. Now, he actually responded to something from the Gateway Pundit, and they have a picture of her, who... Hmm? Debatably, her smiling as awkward as Ron DeSantis, or Dilma Mulvaney, or me, for that matter, but... Nevertheless, the text from the Gateway Pundit said, quote, "The Republican National Committee is looking for an open looking at opening a credit line to help pay the bills and compensate for dismal recent fundraising levels." Ron McDonald and the RNC will discuss the unusual option this upcoming or week at the winter meeting in Las Vegas, and there's a little text on the picture of her that says Ron McDonald's cash-strapped RNC may open up a line of credit to help pay bills this election year," unquote. And Vivek simply said, fire Rana.com, which actually goes to a fundraising mechanism. I think if it's not his. where's it go? So, uh, it says for pay for... Because I remember he had this a couple months back when he was still running for Republican nominee. And you simply say, should you fire her? And you give them your first name, last name, cell phone. It's just kind of a poll, I suppose. You're not actually not raising campaign funds. But yeah, I was going to say, probably should fire her. She seems certainly enough beyond all belief. And... I know a lot of people who are not donating to Republican candidates and the RNC because of their ineptitudes, of them losing again and again and again, also having a lot of rhinos who are pejoratively known as Republicans in name only. It's the same reason I personally don't donate to the National Rifle Association anymore, maybe in a couple months as they find a new leader, but for many years, I did get the LIFE membership, uh, I believe it was 2015 or so, that kind of time frame, because again, they're doing some good campaign for the Second Amendment and I believe every human has the right to defend themselves and their family. Now. In terms of the NRA, they historically, yeah, they've done some great safety trainings and I understand duties, so they do a lot of good in that regard. But when it comes to actually gaining rights for the Second Amendment, they've been sluggish. They even acquiesced and they, I, in my opinion, they just bend over backwards all the time. They even supported the bump stock ban, which from a legal perspective and a technical perspective, was a terrible, terrible president dissent on the legal definition of a machine gun the way the law was written. So, again, they acquiesced to that and said, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Well, you, you should do that. We approve of that. And time and time again, they seem to just not gain gun rights, but rather give them away. And a lot of people contribute that to Wayne LaPierre, the former head of the NRA, just being more interested in growing his personal wealth than actually gaining more rights for the Second Amendment community and the American people. And that being said, when the NRA will call me all the time, because, again, I'm on their list, I made a donation all those years ago, and I got that membership... I always respectfully tell them, because again, some of these people are independent contractors. Some of them are just trying to make a living. Some of them do authentically want to gain rights for the Second Amendment. And I always respectfully tell them, I appreciate your call. I will donate again when Wayne LaPierre is no longer the leader of the National Rifle Association. And I tell them, hey, I don't donate because you guys have bent over backwards on bullet point A, B, and C. And I just say, "You know, where were you to help us get the suppressors off the NFA list? Where were you to help? Why would you support the bump stock? Where are you really gaining our rights? And don't get me wrong, they still do a little bit. But when I see who's gaining the most wins for that organization and for the people, the other nonprofits are a lot better. Gun Owners America is much better. The firearms po- firearms policy coalition is much more, much more efficient. So I've seen it in real life, and I've talked to my friends. Where I ask them too, "Would you ever donate to the you know NRA?" They say no because they don't. It's way not up here. The leader is failing now. Contrast that with the RNC, same exact use case, same thing. It's the same instance where, why would I donate to something where they just keep losing? Even in instances where they should win by a landslide, there was supposed to be a red wave. It was nothing more than a red drizzle during the last midterms. I believe partially because they also had nominated some very inept candidates in some areas of the United States. But there's an age old saying, they just, Republicans rip, what do we call it? They rip winning out of the jaws of the leadership or something to that effect. And account, but think, yeah, people are not donating to the RNC because of her, her leadership. Now, this is also a precarious situation because I believe Donald Trump actually endorsed her at one time, and he is one of the most popular. magmatists, he's very, um, <coughs> excuse me, he's basically the most powerful figure in the Republican Party. So it'd be interesting to see. And we've, again, I feel like if Trump were to just come out and say, yeah, you know, we get someone new, there'd be basically no pressure. There, there'd be no hesitation for the RNC to actually do that. And at this point, again, they're not raising the funds because they're not doing their job, in my opinion. So if they were to get rid of her, I think that would help out a lot. Although, perhaps, maybe I'm alone in this assessment. Maybe everyone else thinks she's a brilliant, successful person. I mean, probably not. But, stab in the comments and find out! Again, statistically speaking, this was posted last um, a, couple, a couple days late to this. It actually posted last week. and But I did write down the statistics. Within 24 hours, I got... Five hundred and thirty five thousand views and thirteen thousand likes. So interestingly not not as viral as the normal post on X Twitter, where he usually I'll say his averaged around seven hundred and ninety thousand views, about maybe twenty to fifty-eight thousand likes for kind of a good average of all his posts on social media. Now one of the first comments comes from Paul Zuzupa, he says, quote, President Trump can only do so much once he's in the White House, he needs a good Congress to support him and get what we need. To get rid of Ron McDonald. She's a cancer to the GOP. It's time rana is fired, unquote. That got ninety-five likes. Let's see here. The persistence says, quote, Vivek, have you ever thought of creating an alternative to the RNC? Would you with the work you're doing with hashtag early vote action and TPA action, we could be a formidable force. The progress we're making in Pennsylvania is very exciting. Think about it. Unquote, two point one thousand likes and I think there's a lot of support for a third party in the United States. I It's one of those things, it's very similar to business. The more options you have, the better. The more competition, the better the results. And geez louise, that's a loud, obnoxiously am loud notification. My battery is low, so I apologize as I scramble for the little mini cord. Probably that in there. But yeah, it's very similar to business. The reasons why we have some of the best products on the planet these days is because you have competition that brews innovation it inspires the companies to keep the price competitive to come out with faster better features so yeah I think we do that we need that in politics now the issue is you need a near improbable amount of money to do that because again it is a business and you need resources to allocate for his campaigning getting the word out I mean if someone like Elon were to get into it maybe I mean the most success we've ever seen is Ross Perot when he ran he again, he a huge business success. He was a hero in Texas. Built out EDS, multiple other organizations. So I say, fun reference to one of the signs behind me: is Electronic Data Systems, EDS. But even he only, with all his money and resources, all of his success, he only managed to get, win a couple states. So you would need a lot more resources to get uh, resources to get a third party, realistically. Now that being said, I still think it's a good idea. I just don't. It's highly improbable. So that's why I think a lot of Americans, I think, are also they have an appetite for a new. New ideas and you know someone who hasn't screwed him over so much so to say but again i partially digress let's see here paul marino says quote i will not give a single penny to the rnc until she is gone hashtag scott pressler needs to take over as leadership he has shown he is willing to put in the work and do the job as it should be done lead from the front not from the basement unquote mecca 34 likes red wave press who a plus for marketing their profile picture is in fact of a red wave although Let's say b-marketing minus there should be a little printing press a vintage one maybe in there but nevertheless the red wave press said, quote the rnc could be in real trouble in 2024 we don't even have close to the same amount of funds as democrats we must win in 2024 to take our country back follow if you agree i'm quoting 27 likes and yeah that's another big elephant in the room is the resource allocation i mean what was it mid what election was it where mark zuckerberg and his wife contributed 400 million dollars? To out of politicians and political organizations to support their public ideals. That's a lot of resources from one person. The Republican Party needs a lot of more resources, so I'll be interested to see how much money can they raise for the current leadership around McDaniel, McDaniel, whatever her name is. But yeah, that's that's again, you need to have resources to run a campaign, and it does take money. Bulldog for Vex says, quote, it's a screenshot of. Rob McDaniel looking awkward. She says, it says, fire Rana, add your name. I got 20 likes. Sir Majesty says, quote, putting Scott Pressler. And I got 28 likes. Honest save says, quote, we need a new party. The RNC is clearly too resistant to change. She's getting 112 likes. I don't know if it's resistance to change or resistance to just doing a lot. Or, you know, stuff. It's like, it's... So disappointing. It seems like throughout my lifetime, you, you just get lucky. You might get a little bit of a tax break, which, again, fiscally speaking, yeah, I want more tax te- Everyone should want more tax breaks. less taxes, the better. But, yeah, it seems in terms of other significant significant topics and ideals, they're not really moving the ball forward in that regard. And an overwhelming majority of the responses they're getting between 0 and 5 uh, likes, they're all pretty much the same. Talking about, yeah, no one wants her in charge. You know, why is she why, why is she still the job? And yeah, the RNC, they're gonna, RNC that's going to be the big elephant in the room. It'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens at the end of the day. Because, again, the current formula for the RNC is not working. People are not donating it to anymore. People barely believe in the organization. Even with Trump at the helm, because presumably with all the data we have now, he'll be a Republican nominee. It's just, mathematically, it's all, the odds, all, all odds are in his favor. It, I don't know what the Las Vegas odds are, if you want to put money on, money on Nikki Haley, but... I can't help but think the odds would be astronomical. But it'll be interesting to see, as I always say, time shall tell. Now going over to the business blunder of the day, you have Peloton stock nearly crashing 23% last week after the holiday sales came in, and they are not doing great. Now interestingly enough, let's pull up their long-term stock trend. Oh, if I could spell it, moderately helps. Oh come on now. Oh come on. Oh, so long term and again the stock went down to about four dollars and thirty-one cents per share, which is less than the price of a cup of coffee. It actually it's like actually a third of the price of a cup of coffee at Starbucks, but nevertheless, if you look at their long-term trend, over the past five years their stock has lost eighty-two point nine four percent, which is not great the past year their stock is down 73.69 percent year to date granted only been about a month it's down 26 percent past six months is half off down 55.03 percent yeah it is uh and then last week went down 26.41 percent at one point which is abysmal and scary to say at least if you're an investor there now, Peloton was perhaps one of the best companies in terms of going viral and having a huge sales spike during the pandemic lockdowns. They make the very fancy bike where you actually have a little computer screen bolted onto it and you have an online instructor to help you bike faster, I suppose. I can't help but think it'd be worth more if they were to give you a little more feedback. But nevertheless, they encourage you to bike faster. And there's a hit. Thousands, millions of people went out and they bought these things. And these bikes, are thousands of dollars. And of course, they have a subscription, which, again, that is the unfortunate, in my opinion, for many things. Everything is as a service, which for business makes sense. It provides you with month-to-month revenue, allows you to reinvest in the company. For these, you can pay more instructors to teach, you can increase the software capabilities, yada, yada. I understand why that's the big trend in business these days. Now, for consumers, do you really want a subscription for a bike? Well, not many. Fewer people these days. Now, they note that they also cut their Avenue, uh, annual forecast due to the demand faltering. And this is thanks to Kaniki Dika over at Yahoo Finance. Now, the company now expects their full year 2024 revenue to be between $2.68 billion and $2.75 billion, down from the previous forecast of $2.7 billion and $2.8 billion. Now, looks like a stock analyst or senior analyst over at Insider Intelligence, Zach Stambler, said, quote, in lowering its guidance, Peloton is acknowledging that the pivot from the hardware-focused business to a subscription-based business is rocky. Looks like, and in terms of, you know, how many subscribers, they know that the company ended with 3 million connected fitness subscribers in the second quarter, a, about a 1% increase from a year earlier, about above at estimates of 2.99 million. So that, that is terrible growth, which, again, silver lining, they're not, the user base isn't dramatically decreasing yet. I also can't help but think when times get extremely tough, which I suspect we will have tough times, that's one of the easiest things to trim to your budget is the Peloton subscription. Because again, I think there's a couple of free things you can do on the device in terms of you can still bike on it and have like a free workout. You just can't see your instructor tell you to bike faster and encourage you like that. But yeah, I can't help but think that's the easiest thing to cut from your budget. You don't need to see Sally or whoever's on the bike that day. Now, yeah... Sandler also said, quote, while it delivered better than expected gains in paid, connect- paid connected fitness drivers, there are plenty of potential speed bumps ahead. They also know that it's betting a- it is betting also betting on a boost from the reintroduction of a high end tread plus priced at $5,995 two years after sales were temporarily halted due to safety concerns. So like a $6,000 treadmill, which, yeah, I would never buy since Peloton is, in my opinion, just overpriced disposable products. Now, incidentally enough, or hilariously enough, ironically enough, they did buy up Precor, which makes what I believe is the best commercial-grade treadmills on the planet, bar none, which is why I have one. And mine is pretty old and still works like a champ, partially because there's very little technology in it, so there's less failure vectors on it for things to go wrong. And, again, with 2024, with unprecedented economic uncertainty, political uncertainty how many people are going out and buying a $6,000 again, you have to pay sales tax. So really $6,600 plus shipping, maybe $7,000 for a treadmill. That's again, not commercial grade. I could understand getting a pre-core treadmill, which will last you a lifetime. If it's individual use, you maybe proper maintenance, it's going to last you a quarter of a century. Easy. But it'll be interesting to see. They're saying, you know, there's faltering demand now. Company says, expects the third quarter revenue come in between $700 million $725 million. Below the analyst, expected $753.8 million. They also know that revenue fell 6.2% to $743 million, beating expectations. Now, Peloton now expects to generate po- positive cash f- cash flow in Q4, but said it would fall short of achieving positive free cash flow of the full year. And interestingly enough, they are just releasing it, an option for you to is at least to own or just rent a bike so you just pay a subscription for the software and the hardware so they'll be interesting to see but there's the stock is crashing they're not looking great and it is at the end of the day a luxury item which again when you're looking at hard times no one needs a Peloton there's also competition now they were an industry leader they were one of the that's why they were rewarded by the free market a lot of people bought them their early adopters and they set the trend while they may not be out of their, officially, the very first interactive bicycle, they were the first mass-produced one of the best at marketing it. So for all intents and purposes, we'll say the best category. A lot of people say they invented the category of these interactive workout devices. That was a couple years ago. Now they have competition. A lot of the legacy manufacturers, I know NordicTrack introduced their own, as well as, I believe, it was Life Fitness and a couple other manufacturers. So now there are other options. At the time, there wasn't. So now you have increased competition, increased economic uncertainty, increased political uncertainty, and you also have a lot of people being laid off, too, in multiple different business vectors or multiple different industries, rather. So it'll be interesting to see. But, again, with all of the decisions they're making, it certainly isn't going well. And I just can't but think this is going to be a rough year for them. And having their stock crash about 24% in a day last week, that, that certainly is the business blunder of the day. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Again, trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of February. So you click that button, I'd greatly appreciate it. Also, leave it a comment and a thumbs up and thumbs down is a great way to give me some additional feedback. So I can know how to make the show better and better. Lastly, don't forget to take time to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your co-workers. Heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone. Just stay safe, fight the good fight.